The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast. Uh, Katie Moxon, Will Brinson here, joined by our Pick Show squad, Alex Selznick and Emery Hunt of Sportsline. This episode of Pick Six is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. The last episode, the Super Friends went through week 12 of the NFL season. Breach, Wilson, and Brinson discussed the Eagles' walk-off winner in overtime and the Broncos' surging playoff chances. They also did an emergency pod today on the Frank Reich Firing, you want to hit us with a couple points here on that and why they should tune in, Brinson? Yeah. Um, I also wrote a scathing 2,000-word article. I actually wrote most of it like when the Panthers lost to the Bears. Um, but I was I, I was like <laughs> I didn't fi- Well, I didn't finish it. Um, I was like, it was like Friday afternoon. I had I was like had, I needed one to go back and edit it one more time. And at, at like you know, a couple weeks ago on Thursday. I was like, eh, like, you know, it feels like it's kind of died down, but I was like, I'll just wait till they fire Frank Reich in a couple of weeks and then I'll just, I'll just send it in. Um, and so I, I re, you know, re, you know, went through and edited it again today, but, but, uh, but, but ran it on, on CBSports.com. You can check it out. It's basically the, the summation is the Panthers have a David Tepper problem. And, uh, that's a, oh, thank you. Look at that. Shout out Harry, put it in the, the chat. And that's, it's also like, I think a, um, a good summation of the emergency podcast as well. Because it's my opinion and belief that when you are on your seventh head coach since buying the team in 2018, including interims, and you fire three coaches midseason, including Frank Reich, 11 games into his first year, Urban Meyer got 13 games, by the way, um, that maybe you are a little too uh, quick with the trigger figure and that you believe that you can just make football work. And football is not like, you know, a hedge running a hedge fund is really difficult, and you make you made a bunch of money doing it, buying distressed assets, especially in the financial uh, when the financial uh, crash happened. This ain't it, man. You don't get to buy on it. Like you can buy, like you can use the principles when it comes to football and invest in distressed assets. Like I get trying to do that with Sam Darnold, but you ever paid for it? But like it, it's you know you can't just buy your way to being good in the NFL. It doesn't work like that, and you have to have a smart understanding of hiring football people to do football things and he, and letting them do the football things. And David Tepper's just not doing that. He's his little greasy fingerprints all over everything. He does. If you want to watch um, that emergency pod and the last episode, head over to our YouTube channel, or if you listen to the audio version, uh, make sure that you check that out wherever you get your podcast. While you're there, feel free to subscribe and like and comment. Also, Adam Schefter reporting Panthers fired assistant head coach and running back, back coach Deuce Staley as well. Um, Emery, fire, who, fire whoever you want. Doesn't matter. Yeah. I, I, I want to get Emery's thoughts real quick because he is the uh, the running back whisperer of the team. Well, remember, Deuce Staley was always up for the head coaching job um, in Philly or up for a head coaching job around the NFL. He was the Eric Bieniemy, also a former running back, before Eric Bieniemy was a popular name, right? And so it, you wonder what happened 
um, from all of that buzz he was getting, you know, a few years ago to now. I, I think things start to go south for him um, when he was passed over for that OC job in, in Philly or the head coaching job. A lot of players like Deuce Daly. He develops guys, develop talent. Um, hopefully at some point he'll get a head coaching opportunity, but it's just weird to see how you go from being a, the next head coaching candidate to now twice fired or moved on from a position. So fascinating. Well, St Steve Wilkes would like a word as well. Something very well, similar. I mean, we could go all the way back to yeah. what uh, Sherman with um, the Vikings or Green Bay and how he was always a head coaching uh, candidate, uh, Sherman Lewis, I'm sorry. And then next thing you know, he was, he didn't, that, that job never came about. Well, so. I mean, like Biennemi is going to end up that to Eric Biennemi under that same sort of spot where like, Right. Yeah. You know, one more. You know, and he's probably going to get fired in Washington because they're going to fire everybody because they're they're not good and they got a new owner and um you know landed maybe an OC job or a quarterback job or a running back job or something. I guess it'd be a running back coach job or an OC job, and then may or may not. Uh, I mean, Pep Hamilton was the same way. So you know, it's yeah. always fascinating to see these things sort of play out over the uh, course of the time I've been watching NFL. Yeah. Uh, again, if you guys want to listen to the emergency pod, it is Brinson and Breach, and you can find that on our YouTube channel and anywhere that you get your podcast. We're going to talk. Hey, week yes. By the way, just real quick before we get in, I hope you all listen to me last Monday. Oh, okay. And smashed that NC State plus two oh. and a half at home because we crushed Carolina thirty-nine to twenty, an absolute beatdown. Wow. 3920 was the beat down. I mean, I think I also, if y'all listen to me last week, here's let me reiterate for the listening public out there 5221. UL Monroe goes to lose our phone up and no access, Bob. Nothing no more. Get out of my face. And they fired uh, Coach Bowden, too, by the way. I'm a big Bowden fan, but you know, that which, game which Bowden, up. Terry? Terry Bowden. Oh, that's a shame. Well, I was wrong. I said don't take any points with San Jose State, and they beat UNLV thirty-seven to. 30. You should have. You should have moneyline parlayed the alma maters. Should have. God, God, we gotta do that. All right, let's uh, let's move on and talk week thirteen here. But before we do, a little quick recap uh, of week twelve: home and away, five five and one overall. The favorites went nine one and one against the spread. It was the the most profitable week um, for favorites in a long, long time. Home favorites also four zero one against the spread. Unders reign supreme, uh, but barely just six and five this week. Any big takeaways, prop stars um, from week twelve? Uh, as far as the prop market is concerned, nothing glaring. Uh, I will say that the uh, my biggest takeaway is how resilient the Philadelphia Eagles are, Katie. Yeah. Uh, oh, watching yeah. them play, it was phenomenal seeing that comeback victory uh, against the Buffalo Bills. And uh, now we're going to be sitting on the opposite side of the fence all week, you and I, Katie. So I was hoping we could come up with some type of creative bet with your 49ers <laughs> facing my Eagles this week. Oh, yes, we certainly can. Yeah, you know what? As much as I wish that the Eagles will go away, y'all just keep finding ways to win. Um, and Niners are favored, like though. Niners are favorite and the line's moving open up at one. It's already gone all the way up to three uh, favoring the 49ers, which is interesting. Feels um, slightly trappy. Like they're baiting people to take the points with the Eagles. Um, but anyways, we'll get into that one a little bit later. Let's talk now. Week um, 13. Just yeah. re uh, really quickly on week 12, if you don't mind. Yeah. Um, I thought it was notable that favorites. I actually, I did. I did really well. I mean, I, I went full. Like I, I was just, I, I was, when I was making my picks, I was like, this does not feel good. Like I'm like taking like basically all these favorites and I was really concerned about it. <laughs> I was like, it's Thanksgiving. I don't feel like I don't have time yeah. to do. And you know, we saw um, obviously Detroit lost straight up at home as a favorite, but Dallas rolled, uh, San Fran rolled the, the, you know, the dolphins rolled. So it was short week favorites did really, did really well. Um, and, and overall favorites just dominated. I, I think it's probably mostly matchup basis. We say, uh, you know, basically every week here, but at the same time, I think in this particular case, you saw like Cleveland, Denver, Russell Wilson versus DTR slash PJ Walker, right? Um, Cincinnati and Pittsburgh, Kenny Pickett, not great, but again, you know, against Jake Browning, right? Um, you know, Baltimore and Baltimore is kind of lucky to cover, but it just felt like, like Casey, Las Vegas, Casey's a really good team and Las Vegas is not like, it feels like some of these, the, the Rams and the Cardinals, there's just some separation really starting to pull apart when yeah. it comes to these lines. And I think 
because we're going to get all these divisional matchups down the road, we might see some really, really big lines. Like a, like a lot of weeks where we have like a ton of seven plus points, seven point spreads or more uh, across the board. I will Which, tap in my, my 12 team parlay hit. No, oh. Houston didn't win. So yeah. that blew it out the water, but everywhere else you got 11 to 11 to 12. Cause it was a combination of uh, against the spread and also, unders mm-hmm. were mm-hmm. casting like crazy mm-hmm. for me mm-hmm. but that houston i had houston on the money line and they lost so that was the only loss that i had last week too is i took houston plus the one and a half uh and that field goal oh it's just a little too long couldn't can exactly uh get it there but let's move on to week 13 here guys because we got a lot of games that we have to get through the seahawks at the cowboys this line seven and a half total 46 and a half let's see if this line has changed no it stayed hawks on a two-game losing streak and they take on the red hot dallas team uh coming off complete domination of the commanders 45 to 10 uh this might be one where you look at the over is what i'm thinking here the over is hit in seven of the cowboys 11 games this season including four of their last five it's also four and one at home um i know that their defense is really good but i still believe um in the seahawks and their ability to move the ball so i kind of look like this over um but emory you think that the seahawks are questionable where the cowboys are strongest what do you mean well yeah when you think about the Dallas Cowboys, they can get pressure on the quarterback. Cool. Seahawks have problems protecting Geno Smith. That's a bad matchup right there. See, Seahawks secondary, questionable in terms of how ticky-tacky these refs are going to call illegal contact or do they have enough corners to match up versus the speed and explosiveness of the Cowboys. That's a favor. That's a favor going toward Dallas. Also, Dallas's offensive line, quietest kept, has been outstanding all season long, which gives Dak Prescott time to air it out. To that against that secondary, where else the Seahawks have issues? They can't really get after the quarterback. So I can see the Cowboys covering this spread while it being a competitive game. But I just feel like the Cowboys match up, uh, you know, well against where the Seahawks have some questions about their personnel. Tyler Smith, man, Whew. he is a good player. Uh, I mean, it's like every 12, every 10 years, the Cowboys land like a Superstar offensive lineman named T. Smith. And if you think about the Cowboys, um, as you think about Seahawks, if they if they don't have uh the combination of Walker and Charbonnet, if it's just Charbonnet, mm-hmm. that that's that's a problem for this offense. I was really disappointed how they used Charbonnet too against the 49ers. You're trailing like dump, I mean, just dump it off to Charbonnet left and right. Um, I, yeah, I think I think. This is one of those where if I if you want to take anything, take the Cowboys early. I think this line gets up, creeps up a little bit, maybe like to eight and a half. Um, the Cowboys are dominant at home. There's some crushing teams at home. This is a Seahawks team that is really banged up. And if you make them one-dimensional and they don't have Kenneth Walker, I think it's a problematic situation. That's where Dallas has really been thriving all season long at home, too, where they get teams down and then just prey on them with, like, attack, like continuing to attack. Dak Prescott's playing awesome. And then, you know, Deron Bland, obviously, like, has more touchdowns than I think the Panthers do. And prop stars, you know, the Seahawks, I know you were high on coming into the season, as was RJ, actually, as was um, Emery as well. They're down two games right now. They've got a really hard stretch coming up. What are your thoughts on their uh, on the outlook so far? Uh, this is just a brutal four-game stretch. I think it's as, as difficult as any four-game stretch for any team in the NFL. The 49ers twice, the Eagles, and the Cowboys, uh, just very difficult. They are, I think, you know, splitting these games would have been optimistic. Now I just think going one and three over these four games uh, would be somewhat of a win at this point for the Seahawks. Uh, so, yeah, tough sledding for them. Uh, as far as the Cowboys are concerned, Emery mentioned the offensive line has quietly been phenomenal. Tony Pollard also showing some signs of life. Uh, he had been one of the least efficient running backs in the NFL this season. The last two weeks, he's averaged over five yards per carry, arguably had his best game of the season besides week one against the Giants last week uh, against or just a few days ago against the Commanders. So good to see the run game starting to uh, come together for Dallas as they make a push, obviously, uh, with high aspirations to play for the Super Bowl. All right. Next up on the docket, that game obviously Thursday, by the way. Chargers at the Patriots. Hmm. What a fascinating line. Chargers <laughs> minus six mm-hmm. in New England. Bill Belichick's new team coming to town to play his current team. The uh, total here, 40 and a half. 
The Patriots just lost to Tommy DeVito. Did you just say his new team? Or you're yeah, Belichick's, Belichick's either David Tepper's trading for Belichick and giving him like the key to the kingdom and letting him run everything and then like somehow firing him midseason of next year, uh, which would just be the worst way to go out if you're Belichick. Like oh, you get God. traded to the Panthers and then get fired midseason. Um, I actually don't think it's like insane to suggest he might go to, to Carolina, but I think more likely he goes to Los Angeles when they fire Brandon Staley. This, I, I don't, you know, this, uh, look at it was four and a half and open to the Chargers minus four and a half. The Chargers hung around with the Ravens and just managed to like shoot themselves in the foot enough where they couldn't even cover. It's remarkable. You know, people are like, you know, Zay Flowers and, uh, you know, more veteran player would have gone down. It's like, well, I as a Ravens backer, I'm glad that he didn't. But you know what? The Chargers shouldn't have been trying to tackle him. What are you going to do? you tackle him to the one yard line? The game's over. You let him score. You have one timeout left. You're fools for trying to tackle him. That's Brandon Staley's crew. Like, like, they tackle this guy at the five yard line. If they tackle Zay Flowers, the game is over. The Ravens can knee it out. You need to like dive out of the way and let him score. I think that just sort of kind of flew under the radar. I mean, the, Austin Eckler's banged up. Keenan Allen is, is great. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. First of all, let's, let's talk about that Zay Flowers touchdown, though, because that swung millions of dollars at the sportsbook. If you had the Ravens to cover, that touchdown put you over. Um, and, of course, if you're on the Chargers side, it was an absolute It was yeah. like a $175 flip in DFS for me. I mean, yeah, yeah. Pretty, you know, showdown. Like, I was like, crap, I'm losing money. I was like, oh, cool, I'm making money now. Because he, I mean, he just jailbroke it. Yeah, it, it was a huge flip. It's. Um, I wish players it, would do that more often. I hate I, and it, I, was, it was risky. Obviously, you still left a minute and a half on, on the clock for Justin Herbert to do what Justin Herbert is. Can yeah, do if he goes down and they take knees this over. But I mean, like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm all for extra touchdowns. He, he's a rookie. He's fighting against the guys who are coming after him. But I was just saying the Chargers should have been like fake diving at him and let him run through the end zone. I, I, six feels like way too many points for the Patriots against a Chargers team that yeah. um, is like just cannot win by more than three points. But man, the Patriots are just the worst team, like the second worst team in football. They are awful. Bill Belichick just lost to Tommy DeVito. I, it's getting harder to make fun of Tommy DeVito. I've decided I actually love him and I love his family. And I'm, I'm on Tommy the DeVito has as many wins as Bill Belichick does this season. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, any thoughts on this game, guys? Beach I was. I will say this. Uh, everybody, everybody's talking about Zay Flowers and talk all this. Every, everyone is talking about. All the other things except surfer Kirk Cousins and why he always failed in those clutch moments. Yeah. I digress. I concede my I, time. I appreciate you calling him surfer Kirk Cousins and not Beach Buddy Stafford on this podcast. <laughs> it's it's switched. It's uh, but yeah, both, yeah. both are uh, applicable. Prop, you had something there? Yeah, shaping up to be a lost season for this Chargers team. Obviously, like most seasons, a lot of people had high expectations coming into the year. Obviously, a lot of talent on this roster, but the injury is really starting to stack up. You mentioned Austin Eckler. Brinson does not look anywhere close to 100%. He lacks his normal burst and lateral quickness, making a ton of uncharacteristic drops as well. It's just been the Keenan Allen show who leads the NFL in receptions. Pretty impressive at this stage of his career. He's performing at this level, but just no secondary or tertiary help for Justin Herbert with Josh Palmer on IR, obviously Mike Williams there as well. So someone needs to step up for this Chargers team. Uh, the rookie Quinton Johnson looks like he's a ways away from being a regular consistent contributor. So yeah, I just think this Chargers team is going to continue to really struggle and they are who they are basically. Cardinals at the Steelers. Look at line with Steelers minus two and a half. Um, the Steelers, this is like so insane. The final game before the Steelers hired Matt Canada, they went for 400 plus yards. The entire time Matt Canada was the offensive coordinator, they never topped 400 yards once. And then the very first game after they fire Matt Canada, they top 400 yards. That's why you're seeing the Steelers, the Steelers laying five and a half against the Cardinals. Um, Jalen Warren, Najee Harris, both got involved there, played well. I thought prop. Uh, do you do you have a what were the so do you, do you have snap counts for those guys? I know Najee got in the end zone, but I feel like Jalen played better overall. Yeah, I think it was close to close to an even split with snaps and carries. Both backs have been good. Obviously, uh, everyone wanting Jalen Warren to be more involved seems to be in close to a 50-50 uh, split in the backfield. But Najee has quietly been pretty solid as well. So good to see both backs performing. Uh, obviously, in a game, uh, a spot like yesterday, you saw them both be 
fairly productive or very productive actually. So yeah, it's good to see this backfield kind of uh, taking shape, making things a lot easier uh, for everyone else on the field as well when you have that run game uh, working like it is. So yeah, both backs look good. Any thoughts there, Avery, on uh, on on post post Mac Canada life? <laughs> you know, it's funny. It it ties into something I want to say about the Giants Patriots game because you saw giant beat writers and and fanalists and bloggers praising Fanalyst. the explosive place of of Tommy DeVito, right? And uh-huh. then you see everyone talking about the Mac Canada less four hundred yards offense. But let, I've watched both. I watched both games, right? Giants scored ten points, and these people over here in Pittsburgh scored sixteen points. Mm-hmm. Quarterback is still a problem for both teams. Yes. Oh yeah. Let's move. Oh on. yeah. Yeah, but the the vibes are higher in New York just just based oh, they, on they, the they movement alone. They, they listen. I some I fans at, are mad that they're not tanking. They're they're mad that they're winning games. Camp, I was at training camp with the Giants beat writer, and I told the person that Saquon had the the leverage to hold out, and the person said, "Why?" I was like, "Well, let's look at the schedule. They are staring two and eight in the face, and lo and behold, last week they were what." Two and eight. Person was like, nah, there's no way they could be two and eight because they got Hodgins and they got uh Paris Camp. I'm like Darren Waller, Darren Waller, yeah, and Darren uh, Waller. you know, this tough and now so everybody's binding to DeVito. Like, if I hear one more time about this dog, dog on chicken parm sandwich, and you know, as if that's a true Italian dish, like, <laughs> like come on, man. It's so. a true Jersey Italian dish. I don't know if it's like an authentic Italian dish. There are there are two. There's the Jersey, New Jersey, also and the not Brooklyn Italy. Italian. I understand so there's lots of Italians there, but like else. New Jersey, not Italy. Even if there yeah. are a lot of Italians there, right? I mean, like <laughs> it's a different breed of Italian. Uh, yeah. As someone that lives, you know, well, they're you know, Americans. Where you live in Jersey, American Jersey. You know, so funny. Ten points to sixteen points, but yeah, I mean, yeah. but I digress. Okay. I just think I think for both teams in this case, it's like it's at least watchable. Put it that way, it's right? Like, watchable. well, like Tommy DeVito is like a fun, crazy story. He's won two games against. It's not like he's been great. But he's you know, beat, beat the Commanders and beat the Patriots. Like he's won two games for him, and it's gotten the Giants from a place where it's like they're they're not going to fire everybody, are they? To like, okay, this is just sort of a you know a, a regression season, and then um, you know with the Steelers, it's just like all right. We've been outgained every single game, the first 10 games of the season, but maybe now that Matt Canada's going, we can actually be decent. But yeah, I agree. Quarterback problems for both of them. Yeah. Um, all right. How about a place that's not really having quarterback problems? The Broncos at the Texans. Texans are laying three and a half. Now, I feel like this line changed. Yeah, three and a half. Uh, this total, 46 and a half. The Broncos have now won five in a row um, after starting really, really, really bad. But I also just feel like they've had some luck with like the turnovers. I mean, the Browns fumbled three times. They were able to recover those last week. Uh, to me, I think this Broncos team seems a little bit fraudulent. I don't think that they're necessarily a big playoff team coming up here uh, where the Texans are the real deal. This line opened up at two and a half. It's already up to three and a half. I would grab the Texans now. Um, but Emery, you're impressed with what the Broncos have put together on defense after how they started. Absolutely. And I find it rich, Miss Catherine J. Mox, that you speak of luck and Miss Big Brock Purdy fan over there. Mm. You know, talk about how he was living right mm. the whole last season. But you're right. There is luck in terms of having, you know, yeah. turnovers. So you can't really count on turnovers. I've never denied the the he threw some picks that should have been picks. That, right. Yeah. We're not gonna count yeah. non-picks, right? Yeah. You catch them or you don't. Yeah. But yeah. the Broncos defense has been outstanding. And when you think about how Stroud plays and what makes him great is the fact that he's able to create off schedule. He's able to buy time. The Broncos don't give you that luxury because they collapse a pocket. They tend to close things around you and they really do a great job of getting quarterbacks on the ground. So Stroud is going to have to play as the X's and O's are called and it's going to have to really slowly work himself down the field. So the Broncos do a great job of mucking it up, pulling you down the mud with them. And now on the other side, a defense that tends to give up the big play and has struggled at times to get off the field on third downs will have to continue to stop the run on first down, stop the short outlet pass. This game is going to scream under for me, um, and I do like the Broncos to win this one as well. Uh, so worth noting, the so New York Times uh, playoff predictor upshot, just looking at for the Broncos. Broncos currently 34 chan- 34% chance to make the playoffs. If they win this game, it jumps up to 58 Wow! If they lose this game, it drops down to eighteen. And for the uh, Houston Texans, if the uh, Texans 
win this game. They have a 58% chance to make the playoffs right now. Win jumps up to 73, drop down to 38 if they lose. This is one of the more pivotal matchups of the entire season when it comes to, all right, we're in the thick of things. It's week 13. This game is going to determine probably like one of the wild card spots in the AFC. You know, both teams could still make it a little bit less likely because they're playing each other. But, um, you know, win this and you were in great shape for the playoffs if you're either team. I like the Broncos to keep it within three. If you're giving me a full field goal, Russell Wilson and, and the Broncos are playing one score games right now. And I don't think Houston's necessarily going to blow them out with the way that the Broncos defense is playing. So I'll I'll take the Broncos here, although I, I don't know that it's going to like crater down to a pick or anything. All right. Wayland, props got one. What's up? Uh, I love the under here, personally. I thought Emery hit the nail on the head. Denver's defense has looked very good. They've only allowed one opponent to eclipse 20 points over their last six games. And if you look at some of the opposition there, it's all the more impressive. They also really grind, and they play at a very slow pace as well. So I think this game is a great spot to look under here. Uh, I love Emery's take. Lions at the Saints, another uh, mid-40s. Total here, the Lions are minus four and a half. Saints getting a little bit of juice in the Superdome. Dan Campbell revenge game. Remember, he uh, played for the Saints actually as a, uh, as a tight end. I guess. Oh I yeah. If that qualifies or not? But um, or he's tight ends coach for the Saints maybe. Um, anyway, Lions are minus four and a half at the Saints. A total of forty-five and a half. I, uh, I guess Derek Carr is going to keep checking down Charlie. If this, if they, if the Lions, if if the, I'll tell you this much. If the Saints went to Jameis Winston this game, it is an absolute 50-unit whale banger play on the over at 45 and a half. Like, Jameis Winston and the Lions offense and, like, the Lions defense and their ability to, like, turn people over and, like, the Saints, like, getting – like, this game will go way, way over if Jameis Winston plays. Uh, But shout-out to uh, Derek Carr for giving Chris Olave a bunch of uh, receiving yards until he got him concussed Uh, by overthrowing it on the sideline. Yeah, what a bummer. Prop, you want to mention anything about the receivers? Uh, yeah, Katie, it was funny that you pointed out to me how well Olave was playing, and then moments later, Katie, he was concussed and jinx ruled him. out. So you did jinx him, Katie. But yeah, sorry, it's, uh, sorry, it's Olave. Looking, it's looking grim uh, in the receiver room in New Orleans. Uh, Rashid Shahid as well banged up. We know Michael Thomas on injured reserve. Olave concussed. Uh, Lynn Bowden, I believe, was their top receiver. Probably see a lot of Taysom Hill as well uh, if Olave is not cleared in time and Shahid misses the game. So probably a situation to avoid overall. Obviously, when you can play Taysom Hill as he has tight end eligibility, that gives you an advantage if he's running that many routes there. So he's someone I would have my eye on. But aside from that. Would probably look at Alvin Alvin Kamara over receptions if all these guys are out. I could see Carr... Seriously, checking it down, getting him in the flats, just getting Kamara involved, or over, 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 under receiving, rush receiving yards, maybe. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break here, but stick around for our anticipation plays where we try and beat the line movement in the upcoming week. We'll see you in a sec. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. It's time again for our segment where we give you a bet that you should lock in early before the line moves to get some closing line value. CLV, baby. We also do you one better and try to predict where that line is going to go, where it will close at. It's time for our anticipations play. This anticipation play segment is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment 
more. Last week, um, I said to grab the under 44th and Niners. Thought it moved 41. I don't know where it ended up closing, but it ended right at 44. So uh, hmm. that was a push if uh, if you took either um, of those. Um, I had the Cowboys going from 10 and a half to 12, and I shorted it. Yeah. It actually went up to 12 and a half or 13 by uh, by kickoff on Thursday, and they covered quite easily. Yes. And we had the Dolphins, and they, they got there too. They were they were bigger favorites by the time they kicked off on Friday. And uh, Alex had the Jacksonville-Houston over. I'm not sure if it climbed up. It didn't end up going over, surprisingly. I think they had a couple red zone turnovers. Prop, what do you have this week? You want back to that? It, it did over? climb up. It did climb up okay. for the record. But, uh, yeah, I – um, yeah, I'm going for another spot with Houston. This time under, though, mentioned this after Emery gave that great take on why he likes the under there, uh, Denver versus Houston. I'm shocked this is the same number that we got last week uh, with Houston versus Jacksonville, Houston versus Denver now, obviously. I just think Denver's defense is severely underrated. They're playing very well at the moment. I just think this game environment is going to lend itself to be low scoring as well. We know the, the Broncos play at one of the slowest paces. They use more clock than any team in the NFL, and my opinion that's by design uh so yeah i think this is a great spot to look under here i think this ultimately closes around 45 emory yeah I, i'd like san francisco to go from uh you know two and a half point favorites to three point favorites i, I feel like everyone is going to talk themselves um into san francisco um we're going to see a lot of brock purley purdy highlights all week long um Bosa and Chase, you know. Well, you think they're going to go three-point favorites or three-point underdogs? Favorites. Oh, okay. It's written on there as plus three. I was like, I can't wait to hear what Emery has to say about this one. Okay. Right. <laughs> I, I, I was like, I, how is this crossing through zero? What what, what injury are you predicting? No, everyone. I think everyone is, you know, still. Yeah. Because all we're going to hear from the media outlets, as we are also part of media, is that the Eagles, you know, find a way to win or luck. And you're going to hear that term, that uh, are the things around that. And that's going to swing everything up towards San Francisco. And we're going to get a great game yeah. uh, between the two. Yeah, we are going to get a great game between the two. I'm obviously looking forward to it, as I'm sure um, Prop Stars is as well. And yeah, I mean, this line opened up at one. It's already gone to two and a half. It was one and a half last night. Um, and so I wouldn't be surprised if it continues to move to but over three would be wild i already still think it's kind of wild uh i'm looking at the texans uh going against will there minus three and a half this line opened up at two and a half uh, look i think that trevor what trevor lawrence was able to do i'm just not sure that russell wilson um can get there i think this line could move even a little bit further to minus four so i am going to grab it at the minus three and a half this anticipation oh, I, I'm, I'm going back to the cowboys well by the way oh oh i'm oh, sorry did i skip you that's okay cowboys minus seven and a half i think it gets to eight and a half maybe nine um, this Thursday game, I think you'll see a flood of Cowboys money coming in. It is in Dallas, obviously. Uh, they played great at home, and Seattle just really reeling with injuries right now, and the Cowboys kind of rolling, so I think it moves up. Yes, sorry. I can't believe I skipped you on that oh, one. Okay. This anticipation play segment has been brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. All right, the Colts are laying two at the Titans. This total, 42 and a half. Uh, the Colts beat the Titans, I believe, earlier this year, right? In October. And that was Anthony Richardson's last game. And when Minshew took over, Colts uh, coming off a 27-20 win against the Buccaneers. Titans coming off a 17-10 win against the lowly Carolina Panthers that don't have their coach or running backs coach anymore. Um, I like the Colts here. I would lay the two with the Colts. They're four and one on the road this season. They've already beat Nashville. Or they've already beat the Titans. And I think they can do it again on the road. Emery, what do you think? It's funny watching the Colts play. They are, they are playing like the Titans play uh, when they were healthy with Tannehill last year or whatnot. Um, and they're doing what the Titans have done all season long. They've won with the run game. Now that Jonathan Taylor is healthy and they're, they have a great one-two punch, you know, uh, with Zach Moss. And their defense is still very good. And when Minshew doesn't turn the ball over, um, they're actually – very difficult to beat. They really do a great job of playing situational football. I know he had a turnover yesterday, um, but I thought that was more of a miscommunication. The receiver should have kept going out. He threw it out and receivers settled. So they kind of read it both the same way, but it just ended up being a bad result. But he really played better than uh, 
Baker Mayfield yesterday. And when you think about the run game and how that works, oh, and the Colts are still currently sitting at the seventh seed. So they really need to keep winning this ball game. And again, yeah. if you listen to this podcast and you listen to a lot of stuff that I'm on, you you end up be a, you end up being a lot more right than everything. And I know a lot of people want to gloss over it and kind of make jokes about it and laugh, but we always are tend to be uh, right over here. Um, I, I just like that it's like you're like I just be hilarious when your Indianapolis take is correct because of Gardner Mitch. <laughs> but I mean, I like, you are but you are wrong though. Like this Indianapolis team is like well coached. Shane Steich is doing a good job. I tend to think that you know there's rumors Vrabel got the win against Carolina, but they didn't really like dominate Carolina. Panthers could have won that game. Bryce Young got the ball with the chance to go score uh, five point yards per uh, per play for the Titans. Three point. Uh, 3.9 for the Panthers. I mean, just a sad, sad offense. I think Indy can kind of, I think they can get this done here. I wouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. if this moved up for three either. But I mean, obviously, you know, divisional matchup, second matchup, you you expect to see less points, closer game. So you got to be a little careful here. And Vrabel as a, as a dog at home is 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 a little bit uh, spooky as well. Falcons at the Jets. Another short road favorite. See, you can always kind of see this with the themes that pop up, of course, across the week. Short road favorites appear to be, or just road favorites appear to be sort of the, 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 uh, the, the, the jour, whatever the du jour, the, the, the line du jour for this week. Total here, 34 and a half and the under catching juice over at FanDuel, uh, minus 115. The Jets also catching juice. I think this is pretty easy. You should take the Jets now. The Falcons, the look at line was Falcons minus one and a half. The Jets are not good. Offensively, they're a disaster. Tim Boyle last Friday threw a 99 yard Hill Mary pick six. Never seen it before. I was right in the car. About the ride with the brother and I had to explain, like, never seen it before. Like, yo, dude, like, this is what happened. Charlie's like, what are you talking about? That's not a thing. I'm like, no, he threw a Hail Mary. Fixed Into the it. end zone, the guy caught it. The Hail Mary. The that's Hail right. Mary, yeah. Um, when you have a total of 34 and a half and you can get a home team catching three points against an Arthur Smith team that doesn't like to blow anybody out, and the Falcons, yeah, and you have a good defense, I think it's a no brainer to take the Jets now at uh, at plus three. Well, isn't that uh, Aaron Rodgers going to be practicing this week? Doesn't he anticipate that he will Christmas be? Eve is the is the anticipation. I don't know why he would even say it. Like, there is no point in him coming back this season. From the football side of things, you look at how uh, the Falcons are playing. They run the ball well. They play great defense. They're playing exactly how the Jets want to play. The problem is the Jets don't have any good quarterback play to speak of. And when you think about Ritter, funny, we were just talking about Minshew. He plays exactly like Minshew. You really never know what you're going to get from Desmond Ritter. You can Mm -hmm. get the great throw and then you get the red zone interception or the fumble. So that could keep both teams in the ball game, but mm-hmm. the Falcons will win because it's funny how people were shocked at how Tim Boyle played. And when his whole career, he's thrown more intercepts and touchdowns and lo and behold, oh, he's terrible. On, on Black Friday, <laughs> he threw now more people like Zach Wilson a little more, huh? Touchdown. You know, so to me, they have, they should just, I said this Friday in studio, just play. Zach Wilson, because he's better than Trevor Simeon. He's better than Tim Boyle. At least you also get the athleticism aspect from Zach Wilson. You get nothing from Boyle or Simeon. Falcons win this one easily. Take it while it's three. um, I think that's a good number. Um, And we're starting to see now. You saw how the Falcons really leaned on a very good Saints defensive front. We saw Algier have success. He really was running with a passion. Then we saw them finally utilize uh, B. John Robinson is, you know, in a run game and also in the passing game. I think this one may get ugly for Gang Green. Mm. A lot of things have been ugly for Gang Green. All right. The Dolphins laying nine and a half at the Commanders. This total 49 and a half. Um, this is one that has moved and will probably continue to move. Look ahead was six and a half. Open was between seven, seven and a half. It's already gone up. I mean, the Dolphins are just an offensive juggernaut if you will commanders can't seem to stop anyone washington also zero one and one against the spread as a home underdog this season oh four and one against the spread overall at fedex i'd go ahead and lay this nine and a half uh with the dolphins i could see this creeping up um past double digits emory be wary because we saw them get rid of their defensive coordinator we don't know what the defense will look like under ron rivera we have an idea uh, but we don't really know what he has 
in store for this Dolphins team. So there's a bit of an unknown for Miami coming to this ballgame. Not saying they're Paddle not going Ron. to win. Uh, sorry? Paddleboat Ron. Exactly right, because it ain't the riverboat, you know, uh, Chesapeake Bay Ron. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> you watch how they, they call things. Maybe they dial up a little bit more pressure. Maybe they play a little bit more zone. Um, either way, I would probably lean toward just the under here. More That's so a big than, total, man. Yeah, it's a big total because, uh, again, Sam Howell, yeah, we like that idea Sam Howell throwing the ball all over the yard, but he's going to get sacked a lot. Uh, granted, they're going to be without Phillips, who has the Achilles. Um, and they're going to need Bradley Chubb and Van Ginkle and all those guys to really step up and, and rush the pass on the opposite side. So there's some intrigue here. I, I just think the under is probably the best play uh, than that nine and a half. Yeah, the one thing I would be worried about here with the with the under, and I agree with you. I was like, I saw the matchup. I was like, oh, it'd be like 45 and a half. I was like, oh, 49 and a half. My goodness. The one thing I would worry about is you get a Washington team that is just cannot stop anybody. And Miami does what Dallas did last week. You know, Washington on, on a, getting 10 days, but Washington, but Miami getting nine days. Um, and, and the Dolphins just put up 40 points. Like they, the Dolphins put up 40 plus points, and then Washington finds their way to 14, which I think they could do against this uh, defense. I also heard uh, Adam Schefter say earlier on Monday that watch out, maybe the Dolphins could be a candidate to claim Derek Barnett off waivers. To mm. try and supplement the loss of Jalen Phillips, so I mean that would at least help. And I mean they, they, they got plenty of talent on that defense. Like the defense is starting to cook. The question is, will Miami will Miami be content just scoring in the thirties? If so, then I like this under. If not, then I I, I would worry a little bit. But um, and also when you when you are, I mean, it feels like they have the AFC East locked up, right? Oh yeah. And, and so if you're the Dolphins and you have playoff position, you still playing for. How quickly do you pull guys out of this ball game? Well, right. you know what? Well, um, we actually saw, and I know this because I had a massive DFS showdown swing as a result of this. Um, I had a, a I needed Raheem Mostert to do stuff, and they pulled him for uh, 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 what's his name, uh, Duran. Darrington Evans, Jesus, I was going to call him Daryl Evanston. I don't even know who the hell. I don't think that's a real name. I might write that down though as a pseudonym. Uh, they pulled they pulled him for uh, for Darrington Evans, and Darrington Evan, Evan, Evans immediately fumbled, and the and the and the um and the Jets go down and score, and so the Dolphins put Mostert back in. He scrambled for that touchdown. But so like I agree with you. I think that's what they want to do. They want to rest these guys. That's why Devin Achan isn't playing in this, like isn't playing or isn't playing much because they want to save everybody for the playoffs. They are, according to uh, the upshot, 99% to make the playoffs and 97% to win the division. Like it's on lock. You just got to make sure everybody gets to the postseason healthy. So I think to your point, yeah, that could certainly factor in to uh, the under possibly being a look here. All right. Let's take a break. When we come back, the Carolina Panthers fired their coach. We talked about it already. What will it mean for their line and the uh, against the spread performance against the Buccaneers? We'll tell you next. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, welcome back to the Big Six Podcast. Looking at early lines for week 13 games, and we've got a scorcher in the NFC South. Mm. The Carolina Panthers at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, look at line was Buccaneers minus six. We get Buccaneers minus five and a half. Maybe drifting back towards the Panthers. Pretty obvious spot here. Dead cat bounce. 
You fire the you fire the head coaches that they call in the plays. You fire the quarterbacks coach and Josh McCown. You fire Deuce Staley, the running backs coach. It was reported too, by the way, that Staley and McCown were fired. It was the choice of uh, the interim head coach and Jim Caldwell to to move on from those guys as well, which sort of leads me to think there might have been some major infighting between uh, these va- the various factions. Um, uh, like in the coaching staff, and maybe we didn't know enough about that prop. Uh, you, uh, you like uh, uh, maybe a Rashad White look here against. I him. love Rashad White. Panthers been- run defense is stanky. Indeed, Brinson. Yeah, Rashad White quietly has been really solid, getting things done through the air on the ground. Six of his last seven games, he's totaled over a hundred scrimmage yards or rushing plus receiving yards. He's been very ineffective to open the year. We were picking on him a lot as far as the unders and his props were concerned, but he's really turned a corner. The Bucks have actually been fairly balanced as well, despite being as inefficient as they are. They still run the football a good deal. They're committed to Rashad White and really the depth chart behind Behind him is ugly, so he gets the lion's share of the looks here. And against your Panthers, Brinson, uh, their rush defense is as bad as any run defense in the league. So I expect the Bucks to be balanced, to be successful running the football. And I think Rashad White props uh, will certainly be in play this week. He's going to be chalky for DFS for sure. Yes. I feel like he's been inching his way up to that. All right, the game we've all been waiting for, the 49ers laying two and a half. I believe this line has changed to Browns three. at Rams? already what the browns at rams the game yes. we've all been waiting for the, the game we have all been waiting for the browns at the rams uh niners at eagles uh niners laying oh it still says two oh we're fandal it's three on uh on it, hey, is this is this the game of the year now does, does this supplant buffalo and philly which previously it was like buffalo kc well it depends on how good this game is you know if one team is blowing out the other i mean the the thing that was so good about this bills and eagles team it just had it had everything Mm. it had everything it was so back and forth and then you know the bills just i don't know why i'm such a josh allen apologist but i feel bad for him uh for some reason but anyways this line opened up as uh at one or one and a half it's already gone to three in some spots two and a half on fanduel so if you like the 49ers i would grab it now just like uh, Emery said, because it seems like this line is going to move. And I think, one, this game has been circled on the calendar, obviously, for the teams and for the fan bases. I think the Eagles team and the fan bases want to be like, it's not because your quarterback went down. You know, we are a better team. Would have beat you then. We're going to beat you now. And, of course, the 49ers are saying you only beat us because of the quarterback situation. So now that everybody's healthy, um, it should be a very, very interesting and good matchup. The Eagles have been outgained by at least 98 yards in four straight games. But, again, they just keep finding ways to win here. They're 7-1 and one in single-score games this season. Five of those wins – Game against teams, 500 or worse. Uh, Niners offense, number one in DVOA, number one in the passing game. And the Eagles are 19th against the past and trending downward. Y'all already know, I like the Niners team total over 23 and a half. And also, if you like the 49ers, you can lay these two points where I grab them. They were were minus 120 on the money line. Now it's like all the way up to like minus 150. If this line keeps growing, that keeps growing. So I don't hate uh, Niners money line. But um, Alex, uh, you know, prop, you are an Eagles fan, but are you worried about a classic letdown spot for the Eagles here? I am. I think this is just going to be a tough spot for my Eagles. Uh, two highly emotional victories, winning at Arrowhead, then True. at home against True. the Bills in overtime, both games. Uh, and then we have a 49ers team coming off of 10 days rest, uh, dating back to the NFC Championship game last year. They still have a bad taste in their mouth. I know, obviously, both teams are going to be up for this. I just think this is a spot where the 49ers uh, just really – everything points in their favor outside of it being in Philadelphia. So uh, I think the line is right at two and a half or three points. And I tend to lean towards the 49ers here, but I still have to back my guys, Katie. So we do have to figure out some type of bet that we can uh, get creative with. Well, and for me, it's like no lead going into the half seems to be too great for these Eagles. So if the 49ers want to win this game, they better show up and shut them down in the second half. Jalen hurts. Uh, it was phenomenal in that second half. I had said a trolling comment on Twitter that uh, had a lot of people tweeting at me angrily about Josh Allen rushing touchdowns because you know how I feel about the Tush Bush. It's not that I don't think it's a touchdown. I just don't think it should be attributed to Jalen Hurts. I think it should be a team touchdown, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, by the way, the um, for the Niners to get the number one seed, 
obviously the Eagles are 10 and one. This is a pretty pivotal game. If the Niners, according to the upshot, if the Niners lose this game, they have a 1% chance of getting the number one seed. If they win this game, it goes from 20, so it goes from 21% down to 1% if they lose, 21% up to 37% mm. if they win. So uh, if you are hoping for, I mean, like the bottom line is you can't overstate how important the number one overall seed is yes. in oh, the God, modern yes. NFL. When they've expanded the playoffs and only one team gets a bye, you know you you can say, oh, you don't you want momentum going in. Nah, if you're the best team in football and you get a bye and you have to play one less game, that is enormous. So this game uh, carries a ton of weight. I tend to like the Niners too, just because. Um, well, you know what? If everybody's, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what the difference is too. Trent Williams is the left side. What Lane Johnson is the right side. Like Lane John, the, the Eagles' offense is struggling with Lane Johnson out of there, and they got they got it going, of course, but like. I if I would not be surprised. I think Lane Johnson will probably play in this game, and that they sat him out on Sunday night, knowing that this game is everything for the number one seed. Like playing Buffalo is huge; you want to win, but it ultimately doesn't really matter for your seeding. Like you know, you, right. you know, so I, I would. Be, I think if Lane Johnson goes here, I'm much more inclined to take the points. But if no Lane Johnson, definitely for you. Yeah, should be a fun one. 120 by 53rd and the third. Y'all talk about all the feelings, emotions. I'm gonna keep it right on the grass. Eagles have the best quarterback in this ball game. That and that goes to if the game comes down to nobody's going to argue that. Well, no, who you need to make a play and who palms won't get sweaty. We've seen that happen in a situation with Purdy earlier in the year in Minnesota. The other part of this field, this this matchup, the Eagles might be the only team in the NFC that can match physicality with San Francisco and oh, with yeah. the up front. Giants did defensively but their offense was non-existent, right? Fortnite had to work a little bit harder uh, moving the ball against the Giants earlier in the season. The Browns, we know how that game ended up. The 49ers really had issues against the physical Browns nature on both sides of the ball. But in the NFC, by far, it's the Eagles who was able to match that. And Will brought up the point, if Lane Johnson plays, I think it's easier to play with the banged-up growing in ideal conditions right. as opposed to on a slick, wet field where sudden movements could tear that thing right off the bone. Um, and special teams, you have to side with the Eagles here. I think the Eagles have the best collective special teams unit. That is going to be the most important aspect of this ball game. So I feel like we're going to see, you know, field position early on. And then as it gets tend to be, happens more often than not in the fourth quarter, it's about who can make the plays consistently. I like the Eagles here to win. So, yes, take them. On a money line, why is plus money? It has nothing to do with emotions or anything. In my opinion, nothing to do with emotions. I gave stats, bro. It wasn't all emotion. Yeah, uh, uh, they're yeah. emotion-free stats. Um, uh, so I will say this though: it, when you brought up those hurt stats, look at his his stats against teams that are over five hundred. He's still phenomenal. So this is something that I think, and I don't want to you know speak for Sirianni, but I feel like he was saving some things. For San Francisco, hey, save Lane Johnson for it. I mean, it's the yeah, number one yeah. seed, and and also to you know make a case for San Francisco, what adds a little bit more intrigue is now you just can't worry about Bosa. You have to worry about Chase, and that is huge. But Hafanga Hafanga will be missed yeah, in the ball game. Yeah, that yeah. His, his versus the, his play versus the run is vital. So. Great game. I'm glad this one is at 420. I wish it could have been a primetime game. I know. But I like the Eagles. Well, I guess, uh, I guess, and props, you had something to go ahead. Sorry. I just want to real quick say the Eagles have a lot of significant injuries right now as well. I would definitely argue the 49ers are the healthier football team. Pretty much every uh, position group for the Eagles has a significant injury. Uh, Dallas Goddard, Lane Johnson, Fletcher Cox, Zach to, Cunningham. Goddard's supposed to play this week. Yeah, I mean, I like the Fletcher Cox thing is huge. Jordan Davis and, and Jalen Carter have been incredible, but if you have to ask them to be like totally full time guys, I think you could wear them down, particularly with that offensive line and and the way that the counter schemes and everything forces you to chase uh, when, when you're up against the Niners' offense. The Dallas Goddard's a big deal. I don't think the Forty Nineers can match necessarily as much in the back end as they like, but if the pass if, if Lane Johnson's hurt and not out there, then the pass rush gets turned faster. It's more difficult to get AJ Brown and, and Devontae Smith open. So, like, 
I think the I think the I think the injury report for this one, and I agree with you. If this game were on CBS, I'd say screw primetime, but it's on Fox. I agree with you. I wish it was on primetime. <laughs> but, but, but I'll say this one one quick thing, and, I, and I'm done. Um, you know what we wouldn't have heard if the Eagles lost to the Bills? We wouldn't have heard about all these injuries. It would have been Jalen Hurts' loss, right? Just like we see the Cape for Herbert and Allen, and who we, we know all of the Chargers scout reports and history injury reports. For Hurts and Lamar, is you better win that game. So with, with that type of pressure on those guys' shoulders, those injuries don't matter to them. They got to find a way to win. All right, Rams at the or Browns at the Rams. Excuse me, the Rams are minus four and a half. Man, over to thirty nine and a half. I actually think that I would have. I might change my anticipation play to this. I think this. You see, four and a half minus one fifteen. I wouldn't be surprised if this. Got up to like six. I mean, you know, PJ Walker has been, I think he's the lowest, uh, lowest ter- in terms of EPA per play uh, in the entire NFL behind like Tommy DeVito and even like Bryce Young. I mean, just <laughs> not great stuff. Um, DTR, I would assume, would he have with concussion? Was it concussion? Man, he had a cuss, he had a bus slip. <laughs> it really yeah. knocked everything. I'd just out. be surprised if they rolled him back out there that quick. We only seen what the Brock Purdy's the only guy to clear concussion protocol in a week. So, uh, yeah. I'm a fan of the Rams Maybe in this spot. Oh, look at was Rams minus one. Open Rams minus three. So he's already moved up a full point and a half. Rams defense playing well and can certainly put the pressure on this Cleveland team that suddenly banged up. And, I, and I, I'm worried may just fall out of the playoffs um, because, like, you can only withstand so many injuries. And they have lost both starting tackles yeah. and all pro running back and a $230 million quarterback who was played his best game when he suffered a season-ending injury. So I like the Rams in this spot for sure. The 39-and-a-half makes me a little skeptical. Matthew Stafford is playing well enough that I think they can cover that, and I just don't see how Cleveland can really storm through the back door here. I got to give a shout-out to Kieran Williams, who the Rams got yeah. back in their backfield. Absolutely phenomenal. If he played the Cardinals every week, he would look like a prime LaDainian Tomlinson. <laughs> He's got, I think, close to 400 scrimmage yards in two games and four touchdowns going against Arizona. But, yeah, he obviously gave an extra dimension to this Rams team uh, that looked very good with him in the backfield. And while he was healthy, we saw this Rams team did not look nearly as good without him. So I think that's a big boost to the Rams offense. And I think he's going to continue to be highly, highly productive in that backfield. All right. Last game, the Chiefs laying six and a half at the Packers. This total 42 and a half. Looks like things have stayed uh, the same. Packers looked pretty good uh, against the Lions. Jordan Love uh, has had a bit of a resurgence over the last couple games. Emery, you feel like this game could be back and forth because Packers are looking a little bit better and the Chiefs are looking not as good. You see what happens when you have just a little confidence uh, in, in yourself and your game. You look at what the Raiders did. Came out like gangbusters. Like, like, yeah. Chief be damn, yeah. logo be damn. We're throwing deep down the field. We're going to attack this secondary in this defense. If the Packers can have that same type of confidence, just like they showed against the Lions, like they came out guns, of, what, first play of the game? Deep shot? Like, keep that confidence up. Mm-hmm. I can see this one being 24-20, to be honest. So I like the over here uh, because I feel like the Packers are starting to believe a little bit offensively. And the Chiefs, um, while I love their D-line, um, and they'll get to Jordan Love, you know, mm-hmm. but on the other side of that pressure, there's some deep shots to be had. Uh, and we'll see how Rasheed Rice is starting to, you know, he's really starting to uh, come into <laughs> his own, looking like the SMU version of what they drafted. So could be you know, prime for a, a nice scoring total to go over. Yeah, uh, Rice, you know, it was, um, you know, a situation where, they finally, I think, gave him, I don't know what his total snap count was, but they actually used him in the second half against the Raiders. They got desperate after, like, just going 50%, 50%, like, back and forth. It feels like maybe they're going to say bleep it and just lean in on the rookie. And maybe that's good. You don't get, you don't overload him early on in the season. You let him build up and get ready. And then he has a great run down the stretch. All right. Oh, wait, we got some, we got some props. Uh, I, I'm actually good, Kitty. You want to take a lap on Rasheed Rice? 
<laughs> you know I'm always willing to take a victory lap. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, good to see Rasheed Rice. Obviously, uh, best game of the year. Heavily targeted from a volume standpoint. There uh, still hasn't cracked a sixty percent snap share though. So still a lot of upside there. I think you're spot on, Brent. I just don't think he's going to get that at this stage of the season where he's at right now. The the the, the Chiefs would just rather platoon the position and kind of save him down the stretch. So not overloading him. I think is uh, kind of what they're doing here. So counting on that additional upside I think is not the right uh, idea right now for the time being at least but Pops, how do you how do you feel about Jordan Love though I mean are, 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 are you liking him for anything are you liking him over his like passing yards is that something that you play over his attempts like what have you seen uh that would that would be good bets for Jordan Love moving forward I've been encouraged by Jordan Love. I think if you look at his season as a whole, it's been you know a roller coaster up and down, up and down. I think the last three game stretch, he's averaging close to 300 passing yards and two touchdowns. He's definitely distributing the ball. They don't have a, a true number one guy there. Obviously, Christian Watson was last year, but that just hasn't translated this year. They have a lot of young, good looking uh, pass catchers and wide receivers. They have a good rookie tight end as well. Uh, against this Chiefs defense, though, I think this Chiefs defense is a tough matchup for Jordan Love. And while he's played well, I do think this is a potential letdown spot. So mm. I'll actually probably look to fade him against the Chiefs. Okay, makes a lot of sense. All right, guys, that's going to do it for our show. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you join us all week long for more NFL coverage. Tomorrow, Brinson Breach and Wilson are joined by Pete Prisco to break down his weekly power rankings on CBSSports.com. One last reminder to show us some love with a like, comment, or a subscribe. We appreciate the subscribe on our YouTube page. If you're listening to the audio version only, do the same. Download, follow, leave a five-star review. Tell your friends to listen and watch the pod. We will uh, pick show people. We'll see you Thursday, uh, but you'll see Brinson tomorrow.